Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. You're watching Test the Time News. Episode 369. On Now You Know. Thank you to Moomoo for sponsoring this episode. Tesla's Q3 earnings report will be released soon. So that's when Tesla releases its most important figures, such as vehicle delivery numbers, revenue and profit for the quarter, and perhaps most important of all, the quarterly EPS or earnings per share, which often has a direct correlation to its stock price. Usually, if you're a Tesla investor, you'd have to look up this scattered information on various websites, and the research process would take a long time. We recently got to use a zero-commission stock trading app called Moomoo, and Moomoo has all this data directly in the app. Just go to the Moomoo app, hit earnings calendar, find Tesla, and subscribe to get a notification when earnings are released. So even if you can't make it to the earnings call, the newly released financial and business-related data will be in the Tesla company tab under financials. From vehicle deliveries to the upcoming EPS data, as well as the analyst-anticipated consensus. And as a special offer for this channel, if you sign up and deposit now, you can get up to 16 free stocks, including a whole share of Tesla or Google. This offer ends soon, so act quick. And if you're in Australia or Canada, you can also enjoy different offers now. Go check out Moomoo today and don't miss out on the big bonus. All right, so let's start off the show with Tesla's Q3 production and delivery numbers. Oh my like we're just God, what an epic fail. Tesla didn't hit the numbers we thought they'd hit for the quarter. What, what, what are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm calling my broker to sell my Tesla stock. That's what I'm doing. Idiot, get back in there at once and sell, sell. Why? 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 Because Tesla was supposed to sell 455,000 vehicles in Q3, and they only sold 435,000 vehicles. That's why. First of all, who said they were going to sell 455,000 vehicles? Wall Street. That's who. The consensus. You know, all those brilliant auto financial analysts. God, Tesla can't do anything right. Uh, well, Tesla did say in the third quarter we produced over 430,000 vehicles and delivered over 435,000 vehicles. A sequential decline in volumes was caused by planned downtimes for factory upgrades, as discussed on the most recent earnings call. So here's the breakdown of the numbers. Can I just remind everybody, Tesla's goal for the year is to sell uh, 1.8 million EVs. Well, how are they going to do that if they can't even sell <laughs> 455,000 and a quarter. <laughs> so you're upset because they sold 20,000 less cars that they said they were, they didn't give guidance for this. This is made up guidance, by the way. So this is a made up story. You go, they're going to do this and then they do that and then you go, fail. Mm. It's not a fail. They sold, okay, you know what? Let's go to the next story because I think that'll demonstrate my point. Check out this latest data from S&P Global Mobility. So what are we looking at? Okay, so those are car brands on the left, and the chart is showing the first six months of 2023 EV sales in the U.S. Holy crap. I mean, Tesla sold 325,291 EVs, and the next closest, Chevy, only sold 34,943. Now, keep in mind, this is just the first two quarters. This wasn't including the latest data that just came in. Uh, and if we add in the latest data from Tesla of U.S. sales, which we don't actually know until we dive into the numbers more, it would have been more like, I don't know, 500,000 cars, okay? So yeah, Tesla outsold, get this, the next 19 competitors combined. And Elon cutely posted, the competition is coming. But winter is coming. So do we have any idea how this breaks down by model? Yep. Uh, Tesla Model Y leads with 200,000, followed by the Model 3 with over 100,000 sold. And the Chevy Bolt squeaked into the top three. And that's because it's the cheapest EV you can buy. Yeah. 
Um, so three Tesla models in the top 10 of sales. Uh, yeah, four out of the top 12 were Tesla models. And just wait till Cybertruck. So this means that Tesla currently has 60.2% of the US EV market. That's incredible. incredible. I mean, take for example, VW. Uh, Volkswagen has less than 3% of the EV market share in the US. Wow. And get this, Tesla has just updated the Model Y in China. Wait, hang on. Oh my gosh, it's the Model Y refresh, just like the Model 3 refresh? I'm so excited. No, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, no. This is just an update. It is not a refresh. Don't call it a comeback. Oh, so it looks the same? It's almost identical from the outside. And again, this is only in China, but it does have some changes, so let's get into it. So okay. first of all, the wheel covers are now black instead of silver for the Gemini wheels. Big difference, I know. Okay. Um, but also, according to Chris Zhang, this update also adds Hardware 4, which was previously only on Model Ys from Fremont and Giga Texas. Okay. Next is the interior. The dashboard has been updated similar to the refreshed Model 3 with a woven fabric replacing the wood veneer dash. Okay. And that RGB LED strip that goes across. However, it doesn't wrap around like in the refreshed Model 3. So it's this weird hybrid between the two. Okay. Uh, so what about the specs? Have they changed? Well, the cheapest version of the Model Y, the rear wheel drive, has gotten a 0 to 60 boost from 6.9 to 5.9 seconds. Oh, okay. So one second increase. Yes. Wow. Okay. So how about the price? It has stayed the same. Okay, so I can see how this is an update, but not really a full refresh. Do you think something like that is coming? I think so, but my guess is that supply chain has been the holdup and that this is like, I don't know, they're going to kind of ease their way into it as opposed to having what I think would be more disruptive if, you know, with the Model 3 refresh is like a big change. And so everyone, I think that's why the Model 3 sales were so low. But you're saying the exterior didn't change. Like we're not going to notice that kind of front curving up lip in the front of the no, Model No, the, the exterior looks almost identical. Again, it's just going to be the Gemini wheels and maybe the cameras if you're that eagle-eyed. Huh. Okay. So, so I shouldn't get so excited. Here. No. So do you remember what the smartest man in the world said about electric semi-trucks back in 2020? Well, let me remind you. The problem is that batteries are big and heavy. The more weight you're trying to move, the more batteries you need to power the vehicle. But the more batteries you use, the more weight you add and the more power you need. Even with big breakthroughs in battery technology, electric vehicles will probably never be a practical solution for things like 18-wheelers, cargo ships, and passenger jets. Electricity works when you need to cover short distances, but we need a different solution for heavy, long-haul vehicles. Well, guess what, Smarty Pants? You were wrong. Full stop. We here on this channel knew that Gates was wrong back then. We knew that Tesla's all-electric semi-truck could do the impossible travel 500 miles on a single charge, fully loaded, mind you. But we didn't have the proof yet. Well, now we do. And we don't have to take Tesla's word for it. Check this out. The North American Council for Freight Efficiency, or NECFI, has been collecting data for its Run on Less program. They've been testing several electric trucks in real-world conditions, and they have three Tesla semi-trucks in their study. Their 18-day test has concluded, and on the second-to-last day, Tesla semi-truck number three did this. Does that say 1,076 miles in a single day on September 27th? But, I mean, that's not possible. Bill Gates said that... Yeah, we all know what he said. But this truck actually did it. The trucks had an average payload of over 70,000 pounds. And as you can see from the battery charge data, it charged three times that day for very short times, basically long enough for the driver to take a short meal break. I think this completely myth busts 
that electric semi trucks are not a viable transportation method and should probably make us all question a lot of things that Bill Gates says, including that Microsoft has ever made a good operating system. Oh my God, don't let me get into that, okay? Because my laptop still doesn't work, Bill. Well, I told you not to update to <laughs> Windows 11 and you didn't listen. Look, here's the problem. You're not gonna hear about the Tesla semi truck in the mainstream media. When you do hear about it, you're probably going to hear from some knucklehead like Bill Gates who says that it can't happen. It won't work. So the average person walks away having no idea what's going to happen, which is that Tesla is about to disrupt the entire trucking industry. It's great news. Number one, these trucks are not emitting horrible air pollution like diesel trucks do. By the way, heavy duty diesel trucks alone account for 20% of all the nitrous oxide and 25% of all the PM 2.5 pollution emitted by vehicles in this country. Number two, these Tesla semis are saving trucking companies money. I mean, right now, as we speak, Pepsi is using Tesla semis and saving a ton of money on fuel and maintenance by doing it. And number three, that means they get to lower prices for consumers. And I'm talking about the stuff in the trucks, you know, cheaper food, cheaper clothes, all that stuff they have to move around the country. Because do you remember when like diesel prices spiked and everyone was like, oh my gosh, well, everything's getting more expensive well, because everything not... is being transported by diesel trucks. I mean... 450 a gallon? I know, and you wonder why everything's so expensive. Yeah. But not to mention, number four, Tesla semi-trucks are going to reduce the number of accidents because they have amazing autopilot systems. Yeah, did you know that sleep deprivation and fatigue cause 30 to 40% of truck accidents every year? And we all know that a semi-truck accident is something we don't want to experience. Not to mention that the semi-truck is also going to have jackknife protection where it can actually reverse the direction of its wheels and basically when it's going into the jackknife, drift itself out. I know, incredible. So spread this wisdom and fight back against the Bill Gates of the world. Especially now that we have more and more data to show that Tesla electric semi-trucks probably will work. A little bit. <laughs> yes! You know what else will probably never work? Having fun while you charge your EV. Yeah, I mean, charging is so boring. You have to sit around and wait with nothing to do while your car charges up. Now, this is not necessarily true. We already know that you can have fun in your Tesla while you charge. Oh, right. I mean, you can be playing games like Polytopia and Beach Buggy Racing 2 or watching Netflix, Hulu or YouTube. And even though Santa Monica officials apparently tried to stop it, Tesla is moving ahead with its plans to open this. Oh, yeah. This is that futuristic diner and drive in supercharger, right? Yes, this was going to be built in Santa Monica, but has now been moved to West Hollywood, 7001 West, Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood to be exact, the site of Shakey's Pizza Parlor. Oh, so the permits have been pulled. Yes, they appeared to have been stamped on July 10th. So it appears still to have a planned 29 supercharger stalls and the diner has this proposed roof deck with like seating. Yep, and it looks like work has already begun on the site with some concrete foundation work having already started. Look, I want to talk about this more on Patreon Bonus Stories this week, okay? All right. And speaking of new charging stations in California, take a look at this new charging station that just broke ground. This is a 40-stall DC fast charging location concept by the developer Rove that's breaking ground in Santa Ana, California. Similar to the Tesla supercharger locations we just talked about, Rove wants to provide full-service charger locations that give drivers a one-stop shop to get some things done while they wait for the cars to charge. So this location, which has 40 chargers with speeds up to 350 kilowatts, which by the way, they say will be compatible with every EV, so NACs, CCS, and even a future demo plugs. They're also gonna have a 5,000 square foot market called Recharge by Gelson's that'll have meals and coffee. There'll be 24-7 indoor lounge with restrooms, outdoor seating and Wi-Fi, fenced areas for dogs, and eco-friendly car washes that reclaim more than 80% of the water. 
Rove says they also plan to install on-site solar and battery storage. So this location we see here will have six megawatt hours of storage, which they say will help smooth out demand and prices. Now we're reaching out to Rove CEO for an interview, and this is where you come in. By hitting the like and the subscribe buttons down below, you help grow our channel and make it possible for us to do this kind of work. So thank you. So where's this location going to be exactly? I mean, maybe some of our viewers can go visit and take some photos or videos. That's a great idea. Uh, Rove plans to open the location in the first half of next year, and and they say it's the first of 20 planned locations around Southern California in places like Corona, Torrance, Long Beach, Rancho Cucamonga, and Costa Mesa. They're going to break ground soon after this one. So this is where the first location is going to be, at the corner of 17th Street and Lincoln Avenue in Santa Ana, California. So, I mean, I think that this is a pretty smart concept. I know that Tesla... Very smart in the past has basically been not necessarily forced to, but they've mainly just been so focused on the charging aspect to make sure that you can make it across wherever you're trying to go, that they obviously weren't going to pour a whole bunch of money into building out this kind of thing. Well, and what I really like, if it really gets built the way they show it, is that the chargers are gonna be right there in front of the supermarket. Mm. So you don't have to do that thing where we Tesla's chargers have to do, which is walk halfway across the parking lot, which, you know, we live in New England. So if it's snowing out and you have a cart full of groceries, mm. it's just not that conducive. Whereas right in front of the store means that that's your first thought is, oh, I'm going to just be able to go quickly between my car. Yeah. But what do you think? Does this have the amenities that you want at a charger? Let us know down below. Now, for those of us with CCS ports on our EVs, but who still want to use the Tesla superchargers, we need to find superchargers with Magic Docks. Those are the updated superchargers that have both the NAX plugs and the CCS. CCS plugs. So Tesla now has 33 of them in North America, 31 in the US, two in Canada, with new Magic Docks appearing in Quincy, Washington, Craig, Colorado, Kremlin, Colorado, Lamar, Colorado, Washington, Indiana, Moses Lake, Washington, Mackinac City, Michigan, and Moab, Utah. So here's a list of all the Magic Dock superchargers in North America so far. And I mean, this is pretty cool. I wish there were some in our neck of the woods, um, because we have a Rivian and a Ford that can't plug in at the superchargers, but this is a good sign. I mean, 33 popping up so quickly, it looks like they can do it quickly too. So hopefully they'll be in our area. I do wonder if Tesla were to look at the map and find the holes. I mean, the White Mountains is a perfect example where there are no CCS chargers. Right. I can't drive my Rivian to go camping in the White Mountains. It's my biggest gripe about the damn thing. Right. Um, and I feel like, I mean, Tesla has like 14 chargers on the way, so they could magic dock any of them. And then all of a sudden you'd have way more business. Rivian could open a few adventure chargers too. Hey, and if you want to help us out, please hit the like button. It really does make a difference. So Ford Motor Company announced last week that it's halting construction of their planned $3.5 billion Blue Oval Battery Park, which is their electric vehicle battery plant in Marshall, Michigan. Ford spokesman T.R. Reed says we're pausing work and we're going to limit spending on construction at Marshall until we're confident about our ability to competitively run the plant. Ford wouldn't say whether the UAW strike was a factor in that decision. Hmm. I wonder if it was a factor in that decision. Yeah, I think hmm. it was definitely a factor. I don't know. And this is why when um, companies say like, we're going to build a big factory and it's going to be really big. Global. Wow, it's going to be great. I don't really care. No. I really only care when it's done. Yeah. Um, I mean, and yeah, I get excited about Gigafactory, but that's usually because Tesla doesn't go, hey, you know what? Let's our, pause it. Our union has us. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Our union has us in a half Nelson here and uh, we can't do anything. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, unions. Well, thanks, just, for, well, thanks for screwing our electric future. Thank you. 
No, I mean, you could look at this the other way, which is that management is basically saying to the unions, oh, if you want to raise, then we're not going to be able to build the factory. It's like it goes both ways. <laughs> so buyers of Teslas with hardware 4 have been receiving emails from Tesla letting them know that their three-month free trial of FSD beta is being extended for three more months. Why is that? That's because it took Tesla until the end of August to get enough training data to get FSD beta working on hardware 4. So that meant that the three-month free trial wasn't really three months. It was more like three weeks. Right. So many owners complained, and it seems that Tesla has been listening. So they extended it for many until like December and January. Oh, that's great. All right. Sad for the Cybertruck Roundup. Yeehaw! The Cybertruck Roundup. So a Model 3 driver, Will Fredo, got side repeater footage of a Cybertruck release candidate driving in San Francisco. This time, we get to see the rear wheel steering in action. So... This might be a little bit confusing. I mean, what we're seeing here is the Cybertruck backing up. Yeah, that's not the front of the Cybertruck. So if you're like, well, what are we talking about? That's the back of the Cybertruck with its wheels turning. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. Which is mind-blowing. And it's being filmed from his Model 3, which right. has the cameras pointing backwards. So it's right. that's confusing. It is. But isn't this cool? That because is cool. Uh, this is a feature that none of the other electric pickup trucks have at the moment. I thought it was spot on. True. Tesla owner Silicon Valley posted, the Cybertruck doesn't even look real in real life. I felt like I was driving in a game. And Elon said, yep. And they went on to post that Cybertruck is little X approved. Elon says, kids love Cybertruck. Oh, look at him driving the truck. And if you're wondering who's in the truck there with them, uh, by the way, that person in the photo with Elon and three-year-old little X is the president of Hungary, Catalin Novak. Elon met with President Novak at Gigak, Texas on Monday, gave her a tour along with the ride in the Cybertruck. Also, uh, Elon reportedly gave Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu a ride in the Cybertruck as well after their meeting. Wow. So Elon's meeting with more heads of state than the president. Exactly. <laughs> and has more cool things to show them. And nowadays, you go to the Oval Office and you're like, well, this is the desk that uh, Kennedy sat at. And you're like, mm-hmm. But Elon can we be like. We got a secret door over there. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but Elon can be like, uh, want to ride in the Cybertruck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and check this out. We talked about this last week. It is now finished. This is the new Tesla headquarter reception Elon tweeted about. And um, I have conjecture. I have conjecture. I think that that glass that we see in mm -hmm. front, yeah, I think that that's the same kind of glass that they're going to use on the Cybertruck. I think it's the bulletproof glass. Oh, I thought you were going to say this is the glass that Elon's going to use on his new house that he's building. <gasps> we'll do. We found it. <laughs> uh, and if you're going to have a big launch event, what do you need? Launch apparel. Yes, we found this photo on Cybertruck Owners Club of Cybertruck launch team launch apparel apparently being issued to certain Tesla employees. Oh, hell yeah. This has got to be a signal that Cybertruck launch event will be soon. So please consider using our Tesla referral link in the show notes so that we can go to the launch event because we were stupid enough to stop putting it out there. Um, we thought we were VIPs, which Tesla told us we were because we earned it. And I wanted to give everybody else a chance. Like, I didn't want to be this YouTuber who's like, I have a billion referral points. Right. It just wasn't fun right. to do that. So um, we, we have, I, we have none. none. Now I actually, <laughs> I don't have any. Thanks for your responsibility. And so then when we do the, you know, when the Cybertruck launch happens, I'm like, oh, I'll be invited. And they're like, no, you won't. Right. Um, so yeah. I'm sorry to have to ask. Yeah. So you can save, what, $650 on a Model 3 and a Model Y, over $1,000 on a Model S and X um, by using our code. It'll help us out, help you out. Please do it. Thank you. Now, please let us go. Uh, and it appears that everyone is back to work at Giga Texas after about three weeks of reduced output as Tesla was working on updating the production lines. Last week, Gregor Truck posted, giddy up, Giga Texas, uh, and posted this photo of the welcome back sign at the security checkpoint. Also, there is a full employee parking lot. 
and a couple new Cybertrucks made. Now, I know this is from a distance. It's probably not true, but doesn't it look like it's better built? Maybe it's just cleaner. I don't know. It just looks it just right. looks awesome. It does. No, I'm re- I'm getting really excited. And uh, Elon tweeted out, great pick of me next to Cybertruck. Now, that is not him, but that is his Diablo character. Uh, just photoshopped in. Okay. He plays Diablo. That's, okay. That's his dwarf fighter. Okay. Uh, and I'll end this week's roundup with an auction that some of you may be interested in. An auction? Yeah, this auction, the 29th Peterson Gala, is going to be held at the Peterson Auto Museum in L.A. Wait, are you saying what I think I'm saying? If you think I was going to say they're going to be auctioning off the first Cybertruck in history, then yes. Oh, okay. But where, where, where are you going? Well, I'm going to pack my bags for the auction. I mean, when is it? Uh, it's October 7th from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Great. You coming? Uh, well, 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 I haven't gotten to some of the details yet. Okay. Uh, a seat at the event costs $1,750. A table costs $17,500. A premier table costs $30,000. So, no, I don't think I'm going. Uh, the event will be hosted by Jay Leno, which is awesome. The evening starts with cocktail reception at 6, dinner at 7, the live auction at 8.30, and then entertainment at dancing at 9. Now, technically, the winner of the auction would be the first Cybertruck owner in history, But it's not clear that you would actually be transferred ownership that night. It's more likely that Tesla would hold their official event first. So wait, I could bid, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, win the auction, and not get to drive home in the Cybertruck? I mean, so how much do you think it's going to go for? I have no idea. I mean, it's an auction to raise money for the Peterson Museum, and rich people donate lots of big checks to their favorite charity. So my guess is a million dollars. Or we could wait a few weeks and get one of the first ones off the production line for a lot less. But I don't know. What do you think? How much will the first Cybertruck auction for? Well, I do know that we put it in the Patreon poll this week. So we're going to find out later what our patrons think. Um, What I do know is that this is great publicity for Tesla. And it might be another indication that the delivery event is getting closer. Mm. Right? So exciting. And if you want to talk about everything Cybertruck, head on over to our sponsors at the Cybertruck Owners Club. They support the show and they have so much cool late breaking news about it. So that's the place to go. We review so many cool things on Now Let's Review. And this week, you're not going to want to miss this. Oh, yeah. The Top Don TC004 thermal camera. Oh, man. I mean, wait till you see what you can do with this. In our review, we showed you a whole bunch of different uses firsthand, um, but we barely scratched the surface. Yeah, that's true. Now, you used to have an expensive thermal camera uh, at your old job. And I remember you showed me one time and when I was visiting and you showed me what it could do. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you told me how much it cost. And I was like, oh, well, I'll never get to use one of those. But now you can. Yeah, I mean, wait till you find out what the top-down thermal imaging camera costs. If you are in the trades of any kind, from like contractor to electrician to plumber to roofer, you need this tool. Even if you're not going to use it for your business, just around the house, the top-down thermal imaging camera is going to immediately do two things. Number one, you're going to start understanding thermodynamics like you never have before. And number two, you are going to start saving money. We explain all of this in our review, so go check it out on Now It's Review today. Do I have to keep doing the show? Can I just play around? (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is Jesse's favorite toy. So Tesla's regional lead in Denmark, Kim Jabba Jensen, posted on LinkedIn the latest Tesla milestone in Denmark. 50,000 Teslas are now on the roads in Denmark. And I see there are 20,000 Model Ys. Yeah. So this is up from 4,000 Teslas in 2018 and 12,000 in 2020. So 50,000 Teslas sounds like a lot for a country with a population of just under 6 million. Yeah. So... If Denmark were a state, it would be about the population of Minnesota. 
So 50,000 Teslas means that 2% of the cars on the road in Denmark are Teslas. Conjecture alert. Conjecture alert. All right, so I predict that in 2036, Teslas will make up just about every car on the road in Denmark. There are 4.6 million registered cars today in Denmark, 13 years, and I think we'll see about a doubling of Teslas every two years. I made a chart here, um, and I'm just following the math that's happened so far. So if it happens the way it does, 2036, you should be able to look around in Denmark and not see another car besides I, a Tesla. I, mean, I do think that the, the S-curve tends to top out at the end, where people go like... I don't know if we'll be at the end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe. We should plan a trip to Denmark in 2036 to count the cars and see if you're right. Okay. Should we do a bet? No. All right. So Mercedes invited a bunch of journalists to try out their level three driving system out on public roads in the EQS this week. Yeah. I mean, I've checked out a bunch of these stories and I found lots of glowing reviews, but they seem to be spitting out a lot of the same talking points. Okay. There was lots of discussion about the blue lights that they have on the outside of the car. I think they're turquoise. Oh, turquoise. Wow. Amazing. Um, And that is to let other road users know that you're in level three. Now, how they're supposed to know that and not that you just illegally installed blue lights on the outside of your car is beyond me. There's also lots of talk about how bad the traffic was since Mercedes intentionally sent them through a traffic jam. We'll get into that later. Everyone talked about the microphones on the outside of the car that listened for ambulances. Lots of articles talked about how bad traffic was for your health, but hardly any of them talked about what the level three system allowed you to do that a level two system doesn't. Right, so basically there's this system where it goes from level one driving or level zero driving, which is you driving the car, all the way up to level five, which is you get to go to sleep. And so level two is what uh, Tesla Autopilot has been at forever. Right. What would a level three do, Mr. Gribble? It lets you watch videos and play games on the center screen, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't nag you. Hey, that sounds really cool. Except for all the conditions where it won't work. Level three will only work in heavy traffic conditions, under 40 miles an hour, with a lead car available, in good weather, with good road conditions, and in well-mapped areas. Also, a fallback driver, the you, the driver of the car, needs to always be able to take control of the car uh, whenever it tells you. So this means that the camera must be able to see your eyes at all times. So it, it you can't like... I thought you could read a book. As long as the book is in front of you. You can't go digging around for the book behind you because it might, maybe you don't, maybe you won't hear the warnings. So you can't go to sleep either. Oh, no. No, no, no. You you have to basically, you have to be almost paying attention. Okay. Um, Also, it will kick you out if it detects a pedestrian, emergency vehicle, a construction zone, or anything else that it can't deal with. So those microphones on the outside of the car, and everyone's like, oh, that's so smart. Microphones on the outside of the car. Yeah, they're just there. So that way, whenever they hear... The car will be like, oh, I don't know what to do. Quick, you have to take over. That's any city, any time of any day. Well, so this is just a very specific parlor trick. Yeah. And again, no one is buying the EQS in great numbers. And I'm not sure who will be paying the $2,500 a year to get access for this. Oh, by the way, only will work, doesn't currently work, only will work in Los Angeles, San Francisco, in the Bay Area, Sacramento, San Diego, Las Vegas, and the freeways in between these big cities. Only if the traffic's going under 40 miles an hour. Only if the traffic is going under 40 miles an hour. Also, the weather has to be perfect and the roads have to be perfect as well. And so this means they haven't even mapped it all yet. Uh, no, they haven't. And so I think that this was a, how can we get some good press? 
We'll just, we'll hold an event. We'll wine and dine some reporters, most of whom haven't tried autopilot, mm -hmm. uh, let alone full self-driving. And then they spit out all this jargon and talking points. And these make the readers think that Mercedes is leading the pack when all they really did was like package together a level two driving system, get some legal approvals to let you use it right. um, in very specific situations, and then put a bunch of reporters in rush hour traffic. They're moving at eight miles an hour, which I'm sorry, is just not that challenging. No. Um, and then they get to be like, wow, I got to play on the screen. I mean, the beauty of autopilot is that you can use it at any highway speeds, traffic on, or full driving. On practically any road, right. which many people do. So this was like, they clearly had just mapped this specific highway. So, I mean, I thought you were going to say you could drive through LA proper or, you know, a downtown city. Also, it doesn't have any lane changing capability. You have to, I mean, you, fuck, have, you have to, you have to back out into the level two system in order to do any of the lane changing. And this is why most manufacturers don't want to go to level three or level four because, because it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. Exactly. Mercedes just wants to do this as a little like, we are so great. Yeah. This is a moonshot. Well, and we're they ahead. Fed, they fed this to all the reporters so that all their stories were like, Mercedes beats Tesla. Whoa, Mercedes. And it's just do a little bit of critical thinking and you'll see that this story is biddable. Well, and also, I'm sorry, reporters that got invited to do this. Do your own fucking reporting, okay? Compare it to a Tesla and actually tell us what we just told you. But, you know, they had a lot of fun playing with the screen. No, I'm sure they got wind and dined. Super fun which is why we don't do the whining and dining. So Honda has just unveiled their all-electric N-Van-E. What's an N-Van? Uh, an N-Van is Honda's microvan, uh, but this one is the N-Van-E because it's electric. What's a microvan? Microvans have been around for a while. They're basically K-cars in van shape with like 660cc engines that are very popular in Japan. By the way, if you just like plop down the Google Maps guy in Japan, you'll spot them everywhere. Hmm. So this is an electric version? Yes. It'll have 130 miles of range and cost about $10,000. Hmm. That's not a bad price. Um, maybe I'll pick up one of these. Well, it's only sold in Japan. Why? I don't think that it meets the U.S. safety requirements. Now, I think that you can import cars like this to the U.S. I'm just not sure how legal it would be for Honda to sell it to you directly. So is this why we see smaller electric vehicles in the U.S. being forced to have three wheels or like a top speed of 25 miles an hour? Right. We're stuck with a system that doesn't want to sell you a car like this. Um, so, yeah, it, it either has to fall within the neighborhood electric vehicle thing, which is a 25 mile an hour top speed, or you have to go to three wheels. Because then it's a <laughs> to fool it. Because then right. it's a motorcycle. Right. Um, we don't have any kind of quadricycle. As soon as that has four wheels, hey, that yeah. better be a car. Right. Um, and so I think that it's a little un-American that I can't buy this. Mm -hmm. um, but I can buy a dirt bike or a Harley, which arguably way more dangerous. is way more dangerous. Just because I could Probably fall over. Probably weighs about the same. Just because I could fall over. I mean, let alone the accident rates for motorcycles. Um, but hey, if you think that this is dumb... Talk to your lawmakers. I mean, maybe you want to drive an N-Van. It well, seems like a great second vehicle. Well, also just great for the trades. I mean, if, if that's how they use them in Japan, right? I mean this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're going to do any kind of like plumbing or electrical work, like this is all you need. Right. I mean, all the seats fold flat, as you can see here. Um, so that's pretty cool. And then yeah. you can fold them all back and up. And you again. can park easily in a city because it's so small. Right. In fact, in Japan, one of the reasons that they're so popular is that your property doesn't need to have a parking space if you have one of these vehicles. That's really cool. Which otherwise it would. And that's expensive. Hey, if you want to share what you've seen on the show, but you don't want to share the entire episode, go to our Now You Know Clips channel or go to X. There we chop them into little bite-sized pieces that make them easy to share. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. So I finally got my Henson shaved this morning. You it shaved feels, off that fuzz, huh? Yeah, it feels really good. Um, and you could get your own Henson razor, and you can also get a hundred free blades when you use our code. Now you know at checkout. And uh, I'm still on my box of hundred blades, by the way. So That's I'm amazing. still shaving, um, essentially for free. I just paid for the really nice razor. So Magna International, which makes the battery enclosures for the F-150 Lightning and the fastest growing pizza franchise, Marco's Pizza, have partnered on this. I've never heard of Marco's Pizza. Well, they started in 1978 and now have 1,100 locations throughout the U.S., Puerto Rico, Bahamas, and India. That's a far cry, though, from the 18,000 Pizza Huts and the 17,000 Domino's locations. But Marco's Pizza is actually number one in some states by number of locations. So what is this? Is this autonomous yes it is a fully electric autonomous pizza delivery robot that we've seen before actually when magna showed it off at the detroit auto show last year but now they are partnering with marco's pizza to gather data now looking at this video i just want to point out some problems that i saw uh if you if you watch it and you're just not paying attention it looks great it's just driving through a city but if you watch closely you'll see that first of all the autonomous vehicle is like wobbling in its lane like it doesn't know where the lane is mm. and then it speeds across an intersection at one point that i think is illegal to do uh, I don't think you're allowed to go through that intersection. Then look at the stop sign. It comes to a stop at the stop sign. Like if you were in that vehicle and you were the pizza, I think you are now a sloshed pizza. <laughs> you're a calzone. You're a calzone. And then lastly, when the customer uh, takes the pizza, it looks like if the customer doesn't close that door properly, the autonomous vehicle is now stuck because I'm pretty sure it can't drive with the door open. So hmm. uh, to have a system where you're relying on all of these things. Maybe it has an automatic door. It doesn't, though. I mean, look, she had to close the door. Maybe it'll talk to you. Wait, come back. Please close the door. Okay. Anyway, I just, you know, the city had no other cars in it. Um, I'm sure the city was completely mapped. I Look, I love autonomous stuff, but the way they're going to do it, I think, isn't going to work. Um, it's just a cutesy kind of thing. Maybe it just helps get customers because they want to see their pizza delivered autonomously. I don't know. All right, it's time for Going Green. So they said it couldn't be done. Sounds like the theme for this week's show. It does. People told retiree Jeff Giddens he would never be able to drive 20,000 kilometers, which is over 12,000 miles across Australia in an electric car pulling a trailer. In fact, the former prime minister once said that an EV couldn't pull a boat. But 67-year-old Jeff Giddens didn't listen. Instead, he packed up his e-bike and his kayak onto his Tesla Model Y's trailer for a total trailer weight, by the way, of about 700 kilograms, which is about 1,500 pounds. And he started traveling about 200 kilometers a day. 
he stopped almost every day to go kayaking. He says, it was just a road trip to see how far I could get the boat trailer with the kayak and the bike, ideally getting somewhere warm enough to paddle on the estuaries. I met a lot of characters and most were interested in my EV travels, but some were negative too. Comments like, you are not going to get far with that thing up here, mate. Giddens didn't plan on going all the way around Australia, but he met a man on the trip that showed him a route on an old map that connected two towns that Giddens originally thought was too far for his all-wheel drive Model Y. And he made it. I met a fellow at Carnivon and he showed me the way of an old roadmap. He'd been around Australia seven or eight times, he said. There ended up being a shortcut across the section, a cattle station in Ballara, where I could charge there and then continue the journey. This proves to me how cheap EVs are. The biggest bill for charging was $24 Australian, and I'm sold on them. They're the best car to drive I've ever had. I'm loving it. By the way, he's the 28th person to actually do this, uh, according to the Tesla Owners Western Australia Club. Um, and... It's amazing because take a look at this. This is a map of Australia, um, and it's showing you where 2% of Australian population lives. <laughs> and I, I Googled some of his route. I mean, it was all along the coast. Mm -hmm. um, but there's some very desolate parts of Australia, yeah. which if you don't make it, like, I don't know who comes and helps you. Right. You have to kayak back or something. You have to train the kangaroos to, you know, pull you along. Yeah. Amazing. Well done. Um, and it goes again to show you that you can do things that people thought you couldn't do mm. in an EV. All right, it's time for Sunspots. Unless you really tuned into this space to what's happening in solar and wind, you really have no idea what's going on in the world of energy. Somehow, even though it's happening all around us every day, everywhere on the planet, the mainstream media is able to divert your attention away from new solar and wind going up everywhere. They're constantly pushing the story that renewables just can't produce the kind of power we need on this planet, and they leave you thinking that we're going to be dependent on fossil fuels for the foreseeable future. They couldn't be more wrong. But don't take our word for it. Let's go right to the facts. In July, the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the EIA, released its latest Electric Power Monthly report with data through July 31st of this year, and it showed that the growth rate for solar in the U.S. was greater than any other energy source. A big part of that growth was what's going on in neighborhoods all across the United States, rooftop solar. So we're going to throw some percentages at you. Try and follow along. In just the past year, solar generated electricity increased by 22.3% and 26.6% of that was rooftop solar. In July, 6.2% of all electricity generated, so 26,000 gigawatt hours, was produced by solar. That is more energy than produced by hydropower and almost as much energy as was produced by wind. Now, the EIA and FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, regularly make predictions about new energy production, and we've talked about this before. They're always wrong. They always make these conservative linear predictions about renewables. And every quarter, they have to update their charts with what actually happened, which is always more renewables went online than they predicted. So just take a look at this chart, which shows the EIA's predictions from 2002 to 2016. So that black line there is what actually happened during that time. But the different colored lines are what they predicted would happen. I particularly like their 2016 prediction, which showed that solar growth would actually go down. I think this chart, which shows two things simultaneously, helps us see why solar is truly taking off. The black line going down is the price of solar in dollars per watt. So you can see in the year 2000, solar costs about $5 per watt to generate. In over 20 years, as you can see, it has dropped dramatically. Meanwhile, global solar generation has been growing. Let's say it together, class. 
exponentially. Exponentially. So going back to FERC's latest estimate, which we all know is going to be woefully wrong, but even though I know it's going to be wrong, it's still super exciting. Check this out. FERC's estimates that there is a high probability by midsummer of 2026, that's less than three years away, that 12.9% of U.S. electricity generation will come from solar. FERC expects 12.4% to come from wind. So even by FERC's estimate, in less than three years, they predict over 25% of electricity will come from solar and wind. And they're wrong. It'll be more. Mark my words. Yeah, when I installed solar in 2013, by the way, the price of electricity in Massachusetts was less than half of what it is today. So think about this for a second. If the price of electricity keeps going up, then getting free electricity from the sun or wind makes more and more sense every day. Right. It's kind of like when you go to the store and now you have to like pay for the bags and you're like, oh, they're five cents. Well, I'll still get one because I need a bag when it's start when it's like 50 cents a bag. Right. And you're like, oh, I don't when it's, you know, five dollars a bag. Are you going to still get it? Or are you going to go exactly. like, hmm, maybe I should bring my own bag from home. Exactly. And it's going to be the exact same thing with solar because and it is the exact it, same it thing. is the exact same thing. We're already at that point. Hey, if you want to get solar, but you're just kind of stuck, you don't really know what to ask or who to ask, ask our friends at EnergyPal. Link is down below. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you and they'll help set you up for free. And to prove our point about solar growing faster than most experts expected, let's turn our attention to Texas this past summer and see how solar energy saved their electrical grid. It's funny because the sun kind of caused Texas's grid problems and it helped solve them. Right. Texas had its second hottest summer ever. In fact, August was the second hottest month in Texas since they began keeping records in 1895. North Texas recorded 26 days above 105 degrees Fahrenheit or 40.5 degrees Celsius. 79 of Texas's 254 counties saw their hottest summer on record. Okay, so this super hot summer meant that air conditioners were blasting like never before, and Texas's ERCOT electrical grid was pushed to its limits. According to researchers from the IEEFA, the Institute for Energy Economics and Financial Analysis, solar energy provided more than 10% of peak electrical demand on 91 of the 93 highest power use days. On average, solar provided 13.8% of the grid's energy. And get this, just like we were reporting in this previous story, solar in Texas has been growing fast. In 2019, just four years ago, utility-scale solar provided just 0.5 gigawatt hours of power per month in July and then in August. That was just 1% of the electricity used by Texans. But this year, utility-scale solar delivered 3.9 gigawatt hours every month, or about 8% of Texas's electricity needs. And batteries played a crucial role too. More than 3,500 megawatts of installed battery capacity helped keep the AC on this summer. And ERCOT estimates that about 10,000 megawatts of batteries will come online by the end of next year. Wind and solar provided 85% of all the new extra power generation that Texas needed. So when everyone says, well, renewables aren't really going to be enough to help, they're more than enough to help. Because if all that solar had not been installed, yeah. the grid would have gone. Yeah. They would, they everyone would have, would have died. Enough. It, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't even People know already did. died, but like everyone would have had no AC. It would have been 
really bad. There would have been that one lone shade tree in Texas that we all would have been huddled under. All right, it's time for Ellie in Space with the update on SpaceX. Hey, Zach and Jesse, I'm on the road again, this time in Portland visiting my family, but I didn't forget to give you an update on SpaceX. However, we're still trying to figure out a timeline on the Starship launch. Elon posted saying that Starship is ready for flight two, and SpaceX also posted that they're working with the FAA, still trying to get a launch license, but it appears that the Fish and Wildlife Service review is causing quite a hang-up. However, if you're into big rockets, set your sights on October 12th. That is when NASA is targeting the launch of the Psyche mission in combination with SpaceX. They recently completed a static fire of Falcon Heavy, and now we gear up for the Psyche mission, which is a journey to a unique metal-rich asteroid orbiting the sun between Mars and Jupiter. So how do we study the core of our planet? Psyche gives us the opportunity to visit a core, the only way that humankind can ever do. And it would be the first metal object that humankind has ever visited. Although there's not a lot going on this week in SpaceX news, it's worth a trip down memory lane as we reflect what SpaceX accomplished 15 years ago. In the early days, it was very clear. It was like a David and Goliath story. You know, no privately developed launch vehicle company had ever achieved Earth orbit. Everybody tried and failed. That's when they proved the impossible. Check out this video from Kwajalein Atoll in the Marshall Islands of Falcon 1. Now, you'll remember Falcon 1 was the first privately developed liquid fuel rocket to reach Earth's orbit. And if you want to learn more about that journey, the journey of SpaceX and the early days, I highly recommend reading this book, Walter Isaacson's new book. It is the biography of Elon Musk. And I gotta say, it is really interesting. I read a third of it on the plane here and I'm excited to get back to it because it really goes into a lot of personal details that I think a lot of us were unaware of. And it's, it's a pretty good read. And of course, on the back we have Starship. So we'll cross our fingers that we get more news about the Starship launch next week. But until then, have a great week. Thanks, Ellie. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. And uh, remember, we need your stories. Send them to us two minutes or less. Shoot them in landscape with good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. What do we got this week? Charge Positive sent us this story about a solar Starbucks. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Charge Positive here at a brand new Starbucks in San Marcos, which is in northern San Diego County, where they have solar on the roof and they have a couple of SEMA Connect, which I'm assuming will be on the Blint network. They're currently not registered yet, so I'm not getting a charge as of just yet because this site is brand new. Brand new construction, brand new codes. But it also means this is the real special part. Their dumpster housing also has solar on it. So this is a brilliant way to use every square foot of every roof to get energy into the grid. Love seeing stuff like this, and now you know. Thank you so much for that update from Southern California. Even the dumpsters are getting solar. Woohoo! All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Um, on Patreon this week, we've got the world's largest Tesla light show. You are not going to want to miss this, but because of copyrighted music, we can't put it on the show here. We're also going to fight the FUD about a Tesla grid battery fire in Australia, and you're not going to want to miss that one either. So come join us on Patreon. Join for as little as a buck a month and really support the show. We'll see you there.
All right, we are back from our Patreon bonus stories, and it's time for our Patreon poll. Uh, for our patrons who join us at $2 or more a month, they can join the poll. The question this week was, how much do you think that that Cybertruck that's being auctioned off for is going to go for? And I had said, if you remember, before I knew about the poll, I said a million dollars or more. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people think I'm crazy. I've read in a lot of comments that people think it'll go for 200000 I'm like, well, let's look at the poll. Yeah, it's more than I would pay. I mean, a lot of people are on my side, actually. They think it's going to go for a lot. A lot of people, though, do think it's going to go for fairly low numbers. I'm like, if you're already paying thousands of dollars just to go to the event, then you're ready to it's bid. A, it's a gala. Yeah, it's not about getting it's a cheap Cybertruck. It's not an auction. Okay, this is not we a got a beat up old Cybertruck yeah, here. It's not a police auction. This is a gala. Yeah, but I think they're going to be frustrated, whoever wins, because, I mean, not getting to drive off that I night know. after writing a check for a million dollars. like Maybe they get an NFT. <laughs> All right, it's time for Elon's X's of the week. And Elon said, like Gulliver, tied down by thousands of little strings, we lose our freedom one regulation at a time. Hmm. He went on to say, I sometimes wonder if perhaps Rome was started by exiles from Troy. It's not completely out of the question. At some point in antiquity, a few ships of very competent soldiers with almost no women landed on the coast of Italy. Where did they come from? Well, he doesn't believe the Romulus and Remus raised by wolves and stuff. I mean, come on. <laughs> Dr. Stefan Badrescu says autonomous cars are coming fast and this will decrease the number of organs available for transplant by 33%. I never thought of it like that. And Elon said every silver lining has a cloud. Hmm. He went on to say the AI era is swiftly becoming real for the general public. Alex says pace of innovation is all that matters in the long run. People don't realize how much Tesla has achieved with Optimus in such a short time. And if they keep up this pace, we'll see Optimus doing real work in Tesla factories next year. Elon said, yeah. Disclosed TV says, just in, CIA is preparing to roll out an AI for U.S. spy agencies to sift through huge amounts of available data, according to Bloomberg. Elon said, what could possibly go wrong? Wall Street Silver says, every single retail store in these cities is going to have to close eventually. There's just no way to make a profit with this type of stuff constantly happening. Elon says, America is going full joker. Elon tweeted out that NASA is broadcasting live on X. Too bad it's a Soyuz module that they're posting. X News Daily says, News, X has reportedly cut half of its electoral integrity team, including the head of the group. Despite this, X has recently reiterated its plan to hire more staff in the area ahead of major international elections in 2024. Elon says, oh, you mean the election integrity team that was undermining election integrity? Yeah, they're gone. Mario Nafal says, breaking U.S. State Department hacked by China. Elon says, sigh. Eva Fox says Western Australia police have announced plans to invest $8.5 million in Starlink for 550 police vehicles and 129 regional police stations across the state. Elon said, cool. Brian says, breaking, Elon Musk SpaceX has just won a first major contract with the U.S. Space Force for Starshield. Elon says, Starlink needs to be a civilian network, not a participant to combat. Starshield will be owned by the U.S. government and controlled by the Department of Defense Space Force. This is the right order of things. X News Daily says, news, Zuck comments on his rivalry with Elon. Interviewer, would you still do the fight? Zuck. I just don't think it'll happen. Meanwhile, in the interview, Zuck refused to confirm how many active users Threads currently has. And Elon laughed at that. Elon then said the future should look like the future. And Doge Designer says live stream gaming coming soon on X. Elon says, yes, we obviously need some key features like screen sharing and multicam overlay. Holmar's catalog says MEMA, the Vehicle Suppliers Association, has sent the following letter to President Biden. Automotive suppliers are in grave trouble with this strike. Elon said, yeah. Holmar's catalog then went on to post the Bloomberg article about the new Mercedes EQS uh, level three driving that we talked about. And Elon said, so funny. Elon tweeted out, seriously, it's time for Mitch to move on. This man has immense power. Let that sink in. 
Tesla owner Silicon Valley says San Francisco is such a ridiculous place now. And this is showing, of course, a uh, break into a car as the people who own the car are standing right there. Yeah, we've been there. Remember? Yeah. Remember when when it, it was, was safe? safe? Yeah, that was fun. Elon said at the risk of saying something mind blowing, if criminals are not incarcerated, they will continue to commit crimes. Hmm. Tesla Economics says Starship 2 is stacked and ready to attack. Elon says yes. Elon then tweeted early stages of the X recruiting platform. And Tesla Recruiting, which is a new X account, says you can now view open Tesla roles directly on our profiles. Christopher Stanley says, do you have scars you don't show the world? And Elon Bullseye. Historic Vid says, what's the best TV show of all time? Elon said, Star Trek. Elon retweeted the SpaceX tweet that 15 years ago today, Falcon 1 was the first privately developed liquid fuel rocket to reach Earth orbit. And uh, some pics from that day. He says, wow, we look super young. Homar's catalog says the future is bright and exciting. But only if we all make it so, says Elon. Elon then said, boring progress, talking about the boring company's great engineering demo day, which was scheduled for an hour and a half, but ended up being four hours of fun, intense engineering discussions on Proofrock's path to rapidly tunnel 10,000 plus miles. Gail Afar says, why do the UAW and the current president hate Elon Musk? Makes no sense. Elon says, judge someone by the virtues of those who love them and the vices of those who hate them. Doge Designer tweeted out all the different platforms that don't have open source algorithms. Elon says because they love censorship and manipulating public opinion. He went on to say, I don't read the legacy media propaganda much anymore. It's a waste of time and a sadness generator. Just get my news from X. Much more immediate, has actual world-class subject matter experts and tons of humor. So much better. Illegal immigration needs to stop, but I'm super in favor of greatly expanding and simplifying legal immigration. Anyone who proves themselves to be hardworking, talented, and honest should be allowed to become an American, period. Sir Doge of the Coin says, caption this, fiery but mostly peaceful billionaire. And Elon says, that was at the SpaceX Texas rocket site about four years ago. We've been there since 2002. And he's firing off his Barrett 50 cal. And his Barrett 50 cal? Well, maybe it's owned by SpaceX. I don't know. Elon went on to say, went to the Eagle Pass border crossing to see what's really going on. And he posted this live stream interview with uh, congressmen, sheriffs, and so forth. Eva said, Elon Musk is motivating citizen journalists to, by practicing it himself. And Elon said, yeah, please encourage more citizen journalism. You can do live video easily from your phone. More on the ground reporting from regular citizens will change the world. And May Musk says, I have a friend who's done everything lawfully right for 10 years and is still under green card revision. I recommend she goes to Mexico and swims across the river. Instant legal status. Elon said, yeah, it's completely backwards. Super easy to enter illegally, but super hard to enter legally. And then he tweeted, U.S. Border Patrol just reported the highest number of recorded illegal immigrants in history at over 260,000 this month. The full number, including unrecorded, may be over half a million per month, which is the population of Wyoming. And then Elon said, how to stream games or anything you'd like on X. I'll be streaming myself, playing video games from time to time. Kids, friends, and video games are how I spend my non-working waking hours. Sometimes you can combine all three. Tested the X video game streamer system last night. It works. We'll try to complete a tier 100 nightmare dungeon tonight live on this platform. And he tweeted out, Starship is ready for flight number two. And then Elon <laughs> tweeted himself of uh, streaming the game. Doge Designer says Elon Musk makes almost $142,690 every minute. Elon says, such a silly metric. It's not a giant pile of cash. I really just own stock in the companies that I was instrumental in creating. Technically, I lose way more than that every time Tesla stock randomly drops. X News Daily says news in response to a question about Elon's acquisition of Twitter. President Biden has said people, quote, go online and you have no notion whether the news is true or not. Elon says the corpse in Weekend at Bernie's literally looks more alive than Biden. 
Paul Graham says the scary thing about the speed at which AI is evolving is that it isn't yet mainly evolving itself. The current rate of progress is still driven mainly by improvements in hardware and in code written by human programmers. Elon says, yep. Yeah. Holmar's catalog says it's time to realize that these endless threats to boycott the Tesla brand are completely empty. Volkswagen was founded by Hitler. Henry Ford hated Jews, but Tesla will die because Elon likes to tweet. Sure. Elon says posting questions on social media is not yet a crime. Oh, wait, it is. Farzad says Biden pulls a Mitch McConnell while talking about Mitch McConnell needing to hang it up. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Elon says seriously. Elon says if we lose freedom of speech, it's never coming back. Oh, great one ended on there. Woo! Jeez. Dark. All right, let's get to community mail time. Community mail time. Share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Let's see what we got. Kenneth spotted this electric Citroën in Mercogliano, Italy. James saw the Chevy Blazer EV in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Jason spotted this Ford F-150 Lightning being used by AAA for mobile charging in Portland, Oregon. That's great because it's got a huge battery. It's made for it. Jerome found this freebie Tesla shuttle in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Domenico found this Lucid Air parked next to a Model Y at his doctor's office. Dave saw these Rivians being transported east of Flagstaff, Arizona on Interstate 40. Lego ZEV sent us this picture of them watching our Patreon bonus stories in their Model Y. That's awesome. Chris came across this Lion EV truck near the supercharger in Chilliwack, British Columbia. Bob spotted this Hyundai Ioniq 5 on Interstate 2 heading east to Alamo, Texas. Christopher spotted this Model Y charging at a Porsche destination charger in Hakone, Shizuoka, Japan. Fred spotted these electric buses at Reggie di Caserta, basically the Versailles of Italy. That's cute. Yeah. And David sent us this picture of a Ford F-150 Lightning police truck leading the homecoming parade in Adena, Minnesota. Nice. Showing off the electric pickup. All right. It's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what people have found out in the world. This is Graham Calder reporting in from Quispansis, New Brunswick. We are at a eight stall, 150 watt, 150 kilowatt uh, supercharger. And uh, I arrived here with 13% thinking that I would have time to repack the car and go to the washroom and get a coffee. And it's crazy. Within 25 minutes, I've got 75% of my charge left. And, and by my calculations, I've got only five minutes to repack the car before I'm fully charged. I'm, I'm still so mind blown as to how fast the supercharger network is and how reliable it is. There's always, uh, in the East Coast anyway, ample spaces. You can see there isn't anyone else here. This location has a subway. Uh, it also has a uh, Esso gas station with a convenience store, a Circle K, and as well a uh, Chinese uh, takeout or Chinese restaurant and a second cup if you want coffee and all of those goods. It's a pretty good location right off the highway. It's a bit awkward because you have to go down the road and do a U-turn to come back to get here. But otherwise than that, uh, yeah, 7 out of 10, pretty good. Quiz Bam Sis New Brunswick. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. I am here today at the brand new, just opened 12 stall supercharger at Mid-City here in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, this is a great boon to a huge Tesla loving community. We are super excited that it's open. Definitely gets a 10 out of 10. There's everything you can do here. Uh, let's see, there's a Trader Joe's behind me. Um, there's a great coffee shop. Um, across the way called the camp. There's an REI. There's ton, There's a Top Golf back there. There's tons of restaurants. It's a really great place and we are super excited. So 10 out of 10, Huntsville, Alabama Supercharger. Now you know. 
Hi, this is Joel at the Huntington, Pennsylvania Supercharger. There's uh, only a few stalls here. They are 250, uh, but it's real hard to get off to off from the interstate. It's a toll road and it'll make you pay to get off. Uh, there is a trash can outside. It's out of sheets, which is good because uh, it's a lot of still gas station food, but it's at least a lot of it. So uh, it's open 24 seven. So uh, that's a good plus. Overall though, it's probably only a three out of 10 just because the pay to get on and off and it's uh, a little bit off the interstate as well. Here we are at the North Bay Supercharger in Ontario, Canada. It has six stalls. It's located in a shopping center with food choices, washrooms, and even a pet area for the pets to relieve themselves. I give this one a seven out of 10. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. We have a map on our website where you can check out all of them on a map so you'll know where they are, which yeah. is pretty good. All right, are you ready, Jesse? It's three pages of new superchargers. They keep making them, huh? Yeah, they do. All right. What do we got in the world? We got the four stall in St. Kilda in Victoria, Australia. We got number 10 in Thailand, the eight stall in Central Korat, Thailand. Number 148 in South Korea is the eight stall in Yongwol, South Korea. We got the eight stall in Taipei in Taiwan. Number 71 in Pennsylvania is the eight stall in Newburgh. We got the four stall in Hadano, Japan. Number 35 in Indiana is the 16th stall in Indianapolis. We got number 65 in Virginia, the eight stall in Stewart's Draft, Virginia. Number 32 in Connecticut is the 12th stall in Enfield, Connecticut. We got the 10th stall in Lucas, Victoria, Australia. We got the 20th stall in Trollhot in Sweden. We have the 8th stall in Johnson Creek, Wisconsin. We got the 12th stall in Waukesha, Wisconsin. We got number 159 in France, the 12th stall in Vannes, France. Number 9 in Hungary is the 12th stall in Abuda, Hungary. Number 76 in Italy is the 8th stall in San Giuliano Milanese, Italy. It sounds like a dish. We got the 12th stall in Napani, Ontario, Canada. We got number 41 in Arizona, the 12th stall in Glendale, Arizona. Number 78 in Sweden is the 12th stall in Karlsham. Number 47 in Georgia is the 12th stall in Kennesaw, Georgia. Number 29 in Finland is the 12th stall in Salo, Finland. Number 28 in Minnesota is the 8th stall in Fergus Falls. The 12th stall in Naples, Florida. Number 60 in Spain is the 8th stall in Antiquara, Spain. Number 32 in Wisconsin is the 8th stall at Stevens Point. A 3 stall in Hong Kong. Number 67 in Hong Kong is the 9th stall in Airside. Number 86 in Taiwan is a 3 stall in Taichung. The 6th stall in Chiba, Japan. The 4th stall in Karuzawa, Japan. Number 92 in Japan is the 4th stall at Nagoya. Number 392 in California is the 12th stall in Huntington Park. Number 69 in Australia is the 6th stall at Calliope, Queensland, Australia. Number 18 in New Zealand is the 6th stall in Bulls, New Zealand. The 2 stall in Zongwei, China. And that's the north service area. Uh, we've got the 2 stall in Wuzong, China, which is the east service area. we got another 2 stall in Wuzong in the west service area. We've got another 2 stall in Wuzong in the north service area. We have a 6 stall in Hoizhou, China. We have a 3 stall in Danju, China. Number 195 in Canada is the 40 stall in Richmond at Garden City Road, British Columbia. This is the largest supercharger in Canada, by the way. Number 83 in New York is the 8 stall in Dansville, New York. Number 1,832 in China is the 2 stall in Zongwei. Number 43 in the Netherlands is the 20 stall in Best, Netherlands. And number 143 in Florida, number 1,971 in the United States, and 5,580 in the world is the 12 stall in Brooksville at Cortez Boulevard, Florida. Woo! 
Oh my goodness. There are a lot of superchargers out there. That is insane. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of Tesla Time News. And thank you to all of our amazing patrons who are scrolling by here. If you haven't gotten enough of us, there is so much more. You can head over to Patreon for as little as a buck a month. You can join us there for more Patreon bonus stories. We've got our Investor Club bonus stories. And we've got our other channel, Disruptive Investing, where we have some news this week. So head on over there as well. We'll see you next week, everybody. Now Now you know. know.